The public launch of ChatGPT has really greased the creative wheels for the impact of these types of AI technologies. We're seeing experts and firms scurrying, just trying to wrap their minds and their hands around AI. We had something similar happen a few years ago when chatbots for financial services started getting interesting. The thing is, these were primarily black box technologies that seemed very abstract from daily life for consumers and for the teams of developers at banks tasked with managing them. ChatGPT changes that. And with a slight change in interface, it's unlocked a lot of use cases for financial services. We're for sure early in this evolution, but companies that have been studying the space are already beginning to make a move. Apex Edge provides consumers, through their banks and fintechs, subscription management tools. Want to easily unsubscribe from a streaming service that you're not using much? Apex Edge makes that easy. It even created technology to help you negotiate how much you're paying for your subscription services. The firm, which has been curiously studying the evolution of generative AI since ChatGPT1, is already at work building the next generation of its product with ChatGPT at its center, including embedding it into how its flagship product works, as well as implementing AI tools internally to boost efficiency and increase productivity. For Apex Edge, it's all about scaling efficiently. This is one of the first cases we've seen of a fintech firm embracing the next generation of AI tools so openly. This story is part of a collaboration between Apex Edge and Tearsheet Studios. To read and listen more, please head over to Tearsheet, where there's a downloadable guide and two episodes of a podcast about how Apex Edge is using AI as a foundation for the next generation of its product, as well as an important resource inside the firm. I'm Zach Miller, Tearsheet's Editor-in-Chief. So who are you and what do you do? I'm uh, Michel Mora. Um, I'm the chief um, technical officer at Builtor Abesage. Um, I have been doing um, working in technology for the past, um, it's going to be almost 20 years now. Um, I have played with multiple areas of technology, um, but you know, I specialize myself in web, web development, AI technologies and AWS services. Great, and I know we're gonna jump into some questions about generative AI, but before we do, Michelle, I'd love to ask you about your background. Um, how did you come to technology? Tell us about you. Yeah, so um, I was born in Cuba. Um, you know, I went to school all the way to college in there. Um, it, you know, since our super tough in there um, to be able to acquire anything, um, especially a computer, and especially um, 25 years ago. Um, you know, at the time that I went to school um, for the first time when I was in my first year of college, I, <laughs> I have never touched a computer before, not a single computer. So my parents, they, were, they never passed um, high school. So in my house, we didn't know anything about it. Um, but I did know that it was related to math. So I kind of chose it when um, I was planning to go to school. When I was there for the first uh, few months, I realized that, uh, oh man, this is, this, is, this is amazing. And I kind of started my own business um, buying computer parts and putting them together and selling computers. Um, it was kind of a niche that um, I was able to use to start, um, you know, doing something and making some money, um, saving some money to be able to buy my own computer. 
it took me <laughs> almost a year, um, but I was able to buy one, one for myself. Um, but I did that for a couple of years and another stuff uh, just to be able to make some money. Um, but yeah, um, that, that's one of the first things that I did uh, uh, when uh, talking about computers. I'm putting together some um, super cool, a cool um, graphic card for people that like to play and things like that and making it work, especially in a place when you don't have internet. And so you have to feed it out by yourself in most cases, especially again, 20, 25 years ago. Wow. So I really appreciate that background and appreciate you sharing that with us. So, so given that mindset that you have, that you're, you're a builder, you're a tinkerer of, of things, right? And you, DIY to the max, like you, you understand, it sounds like you understand them intimately because you had to get your, your hands into them. Like, how do you think about what's happening in AI right now? Um, I mean, it, it's definitely um, as impactful in the technology world as the internet and the, um, you know, W boom that we had at some point. It, it, it's going to be like that. It's going to change the way that we use search on internet for sure. Yeah. Great. And when did you start to, and I heard from Steve that you guys started following uh, ChatGPT from, from, from the first version. Um, when did you begin to think of AI and its impact on your own product at Bill Shark? Um, well, um, to be honest, it was, we were actually waiting for something like this. So, um, and we have been waiting for a couple of other technologies to be ready for what we need. Um, so we, we realized this is just going to be super impactful, like a few months ago, almost a year ago, um, when we were, you know, doing the first, um, test with this, uh, but for our business, for what we do, um, we always needed something like this. It was just not ready enough. Um, you know, one of the first projects that we did with uh, something related uh, to these um, on the other side was creating, um, and I say on the other side, because, you know, ChatGPT, you create something that interact with users. And then a few years ago, we created something that is going to be like um, a way for um, users to use it, like a chat, a smart chart in your website that can ask us questions and things like that. That's very common today, but a few years ago, when we built the first one that we had on our website, um, obviously you realize that technology is not ready to be really smart talking to customer and having dialogue. Um, so we, we kind of started at that point trying to put that into other um, cool stuff that we have built, but it wasn't just, it wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. ChatGPT, it's ready, at least ChatGPT for. What changed that made it ready now? Um, the main thing that uh, we uh, notice, it, it all depends on what you need to use from ChatGPT. Uh, you're not going to notice in other areas how impactful has been improved, but in, uh, in what we do, it's sustained on the chat actor. So if you say to ChatGPT, I want you to be this, and it doesn't matter what question somebody's gonna ask you, state is that character. ChatGPT 3 wasn't doing it as good as ChatGPT 4 is doing it. Uh, and that sounds really important because if this is interacting with your customers, it has to stay in character the whole time, right? 
in our use case, it's going to interact with um, agents on the other side, representatives of the company. Mm -hmm. If the charity, they're going to realize they start a human, and then the phone is going to be the phone call is going to be over. Ah, okay. And so, how did you decide to embark on this particular AI project? Steve mentioned to me that you know you guys are are building out both an internal uh, tool, I guess, to help you scale without needing to hire up, as well as the ability to interact with with merchants. Um, so. Like, can you take us through sort of like what the project looked like when it started, how, how you how you separated those two different use cases, how you're building for it, how you got the skills? Yeah, well, I mean, again, it's our workers with your question. So in terms of the skills, um, I mean, it's, it's always good to have a background on AI to understand how these scenes work, how work behind the scenes. Um, that always give you an edge in terms of how you organize the architecture of the project. Um, but I will say though that these days, 99% of developers, they just use the technology and don't create it. So for example, we use AWS. It is all, everything that we use in Amazon today is serverless services. So we don't manage computers. Uh, we don't manage servers. We don't manage OS. And in the same way with ChatGPT, you don't manage the data behind the scenes. In some cases, you don't even you don't even have to train it. Uh, we try doing that. We try to fit it with uh, hundreds of um, of conversations. It didn't improve. Not at all. Not a single. I mean, it, when you think about how much data that is behind ChatGPT, there is no way you're gonna be able to do anything. Especially ChatGPT for that. I believe it, was, it has almost all the data in the world to up to August 2022. What else are you going to add there? I mean, it's just billions of billions of uh, words and um, conversations and everything. Um, so that's in terms of the skill in terms, in terms of the projects that we have. So yeah, we, we have multiple things that we're working on right now. So we're trying to create um, something that is going to be able to interact with the providers by itself. Um, I, I think using ChatGPT, um, it's about 30, 40% of the entire project. Um, and, it, and it is, from, from our use case, the easiest part to do. Just because, again, you're just using an API, you just need to understand how it works. But the other piece of what we're building, it's actually more. Uh, I would say more complex, but it takes a lot more, a lot more work than using ChatGPT. And in terms of the other project, we're trying to um, apply to uh, the development so that um, you know we um, we can start creating software with whatever ChatGPT can generate and grow and grow, grow from there. Um, it, it's really amazing. It's really amazing. You you can see that at least. There are three good projects out there you're going to start using that can generate code, at least again to start with. Amazing, and and the external use case where where it's interacting with merchants, um, say on bill cancellation or subscription cancellation. I mean, one of the challenges it sounds like there is is it has you're asking ChatGPT to communicate through various different channels, right? Through email, through maybe phone at some point, like. Mm -hmm. Can you talk us through that, what that looks like? Yeah. So I think that um, 
the core of the tool that we're building, it's going to work pretty much the same for any child. So a phone, we're not ready. The word's not, at least with the technology that are available to us, we're not ready for that. The other side is going to notice it. Uh, whether it's going to be delays uh, when you're trying to uh, get whatever that tool is going to say on the phone, or whether it's going to be the voice that's going to be as good as you need it to be, uh, we're not there yet. But whatever we're building, we're going to be able to use it for that. In terms of emails and chats, and um, um, which are the other main two channels, um, I think, again, it's going to be just one tool that you can uh, put together to interact with the providers. Um, I think the, in terms of only the chat GPT piece, the main the most important thing is the um, generation of the prompt. So you we're gonna we're gonna we're building something that is going to generate what you're going to fit to ChatGPT so that it can go with the conversation. That's the most important piece, and you have to be able to think about all the different angles and fit it for every use case. Obviously, you have to do that automatically, otherwise you're you're not gonna be able to scale that up. So it sounds like part of the complexity, and this gets to my next question about how heavy the tech lift is to to create this product. There, you're creating your own sort of translation engine in and out of ChatGPT as it interacts with both internal systems and external systems? Yes. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think um, for, any, for anybody using ChatGPT, that's the most important thing, building that uh, prompt generation tool. That's it. Once you have that well done, everything should work. Now, the other piece, which is, I was saying that it will be about probably 60% of the project that we're working on, it's how do you communicate with those providers via chat? How do you build a tool that's going to be on top of that and getting the data that we need um, and putting it back to ChatGPT and getting it from ChatGPT and sending it to the provider? There is no chat tool that is built for you to interact via API with them. So that is going to be a lot of things that we're going to have to be doing. And then the other complexity to that is that every single one of chat, uh, every single chat out there that some of the providers are using, is going to be different. We're not going to be able to reuse the same one for two providers. For whatever reason, they don't get aligned with each other and say, let's use this one. And then so that anybody using this can just build one tool to automate it. It sounds like a, a, a massive undertaking, Michelle. Um, did you work with external um, providers or external tech talent to, to help you in, in building this prototype? Um, it's, it's for the most part, um, it's, it's part of our antenna team. Um, um, I mean, we, we are lucky enough, one of the guys on our team that it is helping us to build this. He's uh, working on his uh, on uh, he's, so he's had a master degree um, on some tools that are related to what we need, and now he's doing a doctorate in something related. So his research is going aligned with what we're doing, and it's really help, helpful to have somebody on the team that can uh, do what he's doing and um, 
you know, you're going to find scenes that are going to stop you. It's just how you uh, go around that and find a solution. That's how you move forward. Understood. And is this, given what you've experienced so far, Michelle, like, is this type of project incorporating generative AI, is this something other firms can or should be doing? Um, well, can, can they? Yes, they can, for sure. It's available for anybody to use. Should they be doing? If they don't do it, they're going to they're gonna be behind in, in a matter of a couple of years. Uh, it's... Um, you know, I, I I can give you one example of something um, amazing that was built a few years back uh, for some of the company in the hotel industry. So a few years ago, if you wanted to book a hotel, um, you have to go and search in multiple hotels website to find yours. So what is it that, uh, what work some companies did that was amazing? You can see the hotels.com, booking.com speed as some of those they build a tool that they put them all together they create a system that it is only one place now you go to one place and you find everything in the same way ChatGPT is going to do the same thing so if you don't be if you're not a part of that you're gonna, not going to be part of the results of booking or Expedia as part of one hotel so if you're um, doing a hotel business and you're not a part of that most likely you're not going to have enough customers at some point because they're going to take everything. And in the same way, if you're not going to be part of ChatGPT or part of the ChatGPT world, you're going to be behind and eventually you will be left to die. So you don't see this as like kind of a nice to have. You see this as almost essential to be competitive in the future, right? Today, it's a nice to have. In a few years, it's just going to be part of the core. It's, it's yeah, it's just gonna be that. It's like it's like when the internet came out or when the um three dollar boom came out, if you send something and you don't have a website, I mean, who doesn't have a website today? So it's the same thing from my point of view. I have um I have one more question for you, Michelle. So what what's your overall vision um for AI and how it relates to to your business? Um <clears throat> I, I think, um, you know, technology advanced, um, it's not a straight line going up. It's not, it's, it's exponential. So from this point up, it's going to be in multiples. It's not, it's not going to be plus one tomorrow, plus two the next day, and plus three the next. It's going to be exponential. And these, it's going to probably, the line is going to be um, straight up a lot more than what is going before. Um, so I, I, I think the development is going to, it's going to be impressive in the next one or two years when you see companies using this and how, um, I mean, what they can get out of this. Yeah. I have this vision of you, Michelle, like years from now as, as, as Apex Edge, Bill Shark grows, um, and this, and, and you build these internal tools that you're going to be managing all these, all these internal assets, um, you know, sitting around at a conference table with lots of bots, you know, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, maybe, maybe who knows, who knows? I always like to interact with people, but I, I, I would say this, um, with the scenes that we have built, 
we're ready to take on any project, anything. That's awesome. Thanks for joining the Tearsheet Podcast today, Michelle. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me.